Whoa, guys, guess what? It is time for life in space. Yeah, guess what? It is now time for Life in Space. This is Life in Space, the season number two. <laughs> it's been a while, you know, to be honest with you. It's been a while. I haven't done this show in a long time. Actually, just my own show with the, you know, my thoughts and everything and all that. So I think we're going to maybe explore some stuff today. I don't know. We're just going to talk and all that. So uh, Life in Space season two. So what? Is life in space. That's what I like to answer in this season two. So, I mean, life in space season two is going to be full of all kinds of craziness. So, it's basically, like I mentioned before, uh, since I started this whole thing a long time ago, it is a show based off my thoughts, my opinions in my own space. So, it's life in space. And that's the whole podcast is whatever I find interesting. You want to listen about it? I don't know. Check it out on the channel. It's on the SoundCloud. It's everywhere. It's on Apple. It's all over the place. So, if you guys don't know about it share with your friends tell everybody about it and um yeah get excited about hearing what i have to say about all kinds of things i think that are interesting so that's kind of the whole point of life in space uh if there was no other point to it i don't know what else it would be so yeah and i think it's a great project i think it's something that i've been working on on my own uh that is just really interesting and fun so that's something that i want to bring to you the listener whoever listens to the show if you do listen to the show i really want to thank you for hanging on for as long as you did it's been a long time uh since i started this whole thing uh, it's been a couple of years i believe so uh yeah i can't believe i've been doing it for this long so we're gonna basically start this whole thing off brand new like i said season two uh, i don't really go off of like a timing sequencing in such a way i don't really actually measure my seasons and you know in a way that maybe others do or whatever like hey you know we're gonna do six months of this and that'll be a new season uh i just do seasons whenever i feel like there's a new season and i believe this is a new season i think it's a new season to come back and start talking so uh yeah this is uh something that i really enjoy doing and i just kind of look at it in my own way as like my own little therapy i can come here i can talk and i can explain things in my own world so yeah that's the cool thing about it that's why i enjoy about it so much and so today we're going to be talking about some stuff i've been dipping into some interesting things lately so we'll be talking about some of the stuff that's going on in technology i know that i like to focus on technology on this podcast that's something i really like to enjoy doing i like playing video games once in a while i try not to get too sucked into it though because i start to kind of get zoned out when i play too many games but we'll be talking about games too it's one of my subjects you know it's just I, I can't not talk about it you know what I'm saying games are something that I do play and I'm sure that most of you do and if you listen to this podcast I'm sure you play Fortnite or something like that you know and <laughs> get your Fortnite battle pass everybody keeps saying that I don't know it's this thing that's going around uh, which is kind of funny because I was in the metaverse and I was talking to this kid and he was talking about like uh, Fortnite battle pass I got to get my Fortnite battle pass and he was like rapping some sort of song and I'm like what is that like I hear all these people singing this song and there's like this thing going around and so apparently it's like this thing on tiktok where basically they somebody starts off like a rap battle type thing or whatever and then you have to finish it and somebody created this thing called fortnite battle pass and it became like this whole thing so all the kids are into that you know in fact <laughs> when i question him about it he's like oh you're a boomer like he, he called me a boomer i'm like oh, what the, I'm, I'm not a boomer i'm like 36 years old <laughs> <laughs> he thought I was like a boomer, like, you know, an older person. But I mean, I guess I'm in my 30s. I guess I'm an older person, but I'm not that old. Come on, you know, but I guess I sound like it because I'm going around asking what everybody's talking about. And he's like, well, you come off that way because that's why I said it. So I was like, OK, so maybe I'm a little out of the date. I'm or how do you say not up to date? I guess you could say with a, a lot of the stuff that everybody or these kids are involved in and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'll be honest, though, there are so many things to do these days that if you have a moment of boredom i don't know why you would even be bored because there are so many things you can do these days there's just so many things i mean to occupy your time and occupy all the things that are going on in this world there is no better time than now to do something right i mean <laughs> whether you're doing a podcast like this or whether you're playing video games or joining the metaverse and talking to people on there as well 
Uh, social audio is interesting. I've been dipping into some social audio stuff. If you've been around listening to the show from the SoundCloud, uh, we have some Wisdom app episodes, and those also got uploaded to Apple as well. So if you want to check those out, those are very interesting. Those are more deeper uh, on a more personal level. Uh, but uh, yeah, Wisdom app is quite interesting. It's a social audio experience that's uh, developed by some interesting developers out there that are trying to uh, promote, you know, learning things and whatnot. So, and that's something I think that's quite interesting is just trying to learn stuff, uh, whether it's from people's experiences or it's just something, you know, interesting as a topic that you want to talk about. And that's what uh, social audio is kind of, you know, that's where it's going, I think. And so you can start up conversations with people all over the place. So I don't see how anybody could be possibly bored these days. There's so much to do and so little time to do it. So, but yeah, it's crazy, you know, I mean, everything is so interesting. Uh, and like I mentioned, the metaverse, uh, yeah, I'm kind of new to this whole idea, this whole thing with the metaverse and the experiences in the metaverse and whatnot. Uh, but I have been dabbling a little bit within the metaverse, been doing some things in what they called the, uh, well, it was called the Oculus Quest 2, but now they changed the name to the uh, Meta Quest. And I'm guessing that has something to do with Facebook because Facebook was the, you know, they're like the founders of like this whole thing that they create. Well, it's not really the creators of VR, but they actually created like their own device or they took over this device one way or the other or something like that. And now they call it the MetaQuest too, and um, yeah. By the way, like they're <laughs> they're quite affordable when it comes to VR headsets. Uh, you know, if you compare them to the other ones that are out there on the market that cost like you know ten times more, it seems like. Uh, the MetaQuest is like $299, I think, for the actual unit. And that's all you really need, to be honest with you. Uh, it comes with everything you really need in order to operate it. Uh, it's all 100% wireless. It's dedicated to within its actual, you know, the whole system. You don't need a computer to run it. So it's got like its own actual, like, uh, I guess they call it like a tablet or a phone that's built into it. And then this is something that you actually, you know, use in order to go into these programs. So... Uh, I find it really interesting, and I've been finding a lot of this stuff that I've been actually messing around with it very interesting, too. Uh, so since I've been doing that, I've been just getting kind of like, you know, interested in what they're going to do next with this technology, because it seems like they kind of like reset technology when it comes to like, you know, virtual reality, because I'm used to playing games that are like super involved with the graphics and, you know, just more high end stuff than this. And I know that they're just tapping the surface when it comes to, you know, using these applications on these headsets and whatnot. Uh, so they're kind of like, it's like rediscovering the internet again or rediscovering something in a sense that now you have this portable device that you can walk around in virtual reality. But in, you know, in order for it to work, you can't play the latest and greatest stuff on it uh, unless you can also tether it to a computer. It's got a USB cable or you can buy a, a longer one. You can actually tether it to a computer and get better performance out of it because you're using your computer rather than using the actual headset. Uh, and that opens you up to a whole nother world of stuff. They call it side questing. And that thing just it's just it, it's like a nonstop like twirling I don't know vortex of stuff that you can just learn but yeah I've been really digging it though uh I'll be honest with you uh I've been doing things I normally don't do in video game stuff territory and whatnot I'm not really a social person when it comes to wanting to play a game like you know Call of Duty or Fortnite and things like that I don't tend to talk to people on the internet but this is like it's like it's own use case is like for people to go and have social experiences and stuff so uh they have things like vr chat they have these things it's like a recreational room program where you can play games with other people like basketball and like you know paintball and things like that but everything you do with it though since there's really no keyboard attached to it you're just using these two controllers and a headset allows you to 100 percent rely only on what people are saying within the metaverse so I found it quite interesting, and I found it also very quite interesting what people say. Uh, there's a lot of really, I don't know, I would have to say very imaginative people on there, uh, people that have great imagination. <laughs> and then there's also people that just like, you know, they don't really take it serious at all. And, you know, they kind of just go off the wall and they do whatever the heck they want to do because it's kind of like this open world where you can kind of do whatever you want to do with no consequences, except for the fact that they do record everything you say on there. Uh, in fact, 
fact, every single game you play on there, they actually uh, make you agree to something that says uh, we're recording all the audio and this and that, yada, yada, yada. Who knows to what extent, but the thing is, is that they want to make it safe for everybody in order to use this stuff, especially since a lot of children will actually be, you know, indulging in a lot of these games and stuff that are, uh, you know, built into these headsets. And uh, there are a lot of kids on it. Uh, let's just say that's obviously a given. That's going to be primarily the people that are going to be using these things is because kids have a lot of time and, you know, they're going to wander through all these things just like they would if they had a computer or something like that. But this just opens up a whole nother territory of things. Uh, geez, I mean, it just kind of blows my mind what you can kind of accomplish with this stuff. And it depends what you want to do with it. You know, there's things you can accomplish that are well accomplishable if you wanted to. You can have a good conversation with someone. You can learn something. You can maybe do something that's creative or constructive. Uh, they have lots of programs. Um, I wouldn't say like a crazy amount of programs, but there's a lot of really interesting programs that allow you to get creative with 3D modeling and stuff, which I found very interesting. Uh, there's things like Sketchfab, which is like a 3D animation, or not really 3D animation, but a 3D modeling program. It allows you to get real close and real detailed with a lot of stuff that you wouldn't normally do necessarily unless you had like a VR headset. And this allows a lot of open, you know, a lot of ideas that can come into your mind. But I, you know, I'm a little bit older, you know, and a lot of that stuff becomes a bit overwhelming for me because I look at it as like, this is fantastic. There's a lot of great stuff you can do with this. But at the same time, I'm trying to fathom the idea of what I can actually do with it because I only have so much time to mess around with it. And not only that, how much time do I want to put or invest in something like that that I don't know really what I'm going to do with it in the first place. Uh, and that's kind of like where I see the metaverse kind of going is that people are creating a lot of cool stuff. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I just don't know what they're going to do with all of it. You know, it's just, it's a lot of great stuff, a lot of great ideas, a lot of great content really where it goes. I don't know. You know, I mean, you can admire it from the point of view that you see it from, or you can really take it real serious and it becomes maybe like this new wave of art, I guess you could say. Uh, you know, I got my wife this cool program on her uh, MetaQuest uh, headset. <laughs> I got to call it MetaQuest now, not the Oculus. So the MetaQuest, uh, I got this program. It's called uh, Vermilion, I think it's called. Yeah, it's a, it's a three. Well, obviously it's all 3D, but it's like, you know, virtual reality painting program. And she likes to paint. And this thing's really great because you can paint in virtual reality. And I think it's fantastic because it takes away all of the hassle of having to clean up all this stuff. Right. But it brings in the same aesthetics as being you know uh, an oil painter and it's all about oil painting so a lot of people don't even really know how to approach oil painting because a lot of us have been taught how to you know paint with acrylics and things like that and that's kind of more simple based you know uh, water based uh, paint uh, or whatever you call it uh, and that stuff it's cheap. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I mean, compared to oil paints, it's very cheap and it's, it's very, uh, I mean, if you're good with painting with acrylic, I mean, you're, you know, it's amazing. I never was really good with that in the first place, but oil painting is like something that's like on another whole level where you can mix and, you know, do these things within, you know, your reach on the canvas and all that. And you can do these different techniques and things like that, that you normally can't do with acrylic. And so I find it really fascinating that they've really nailed it with this program. They they really have this VR thing to where you can pick up a virtual paintbrush. You can feel like, and there's like a haptic thing in the controller that makes you feel it when you're moving across the canvas and stuff. And I find it very fascinating. It's very, very fascinating to play around with. And the, the fun that you have with it, I think is really amazing too, because you normally don't get to do things like that every day. And when you can just pop on a VR headset, jump in for about a half an hour and just see what you can come up with. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. I think that they need to, you know, make more positive things like this for the meta or for the, I don't know, virtual reality stuff and whatnot. I think that they should go further down that avenue. And I even, I even got a cool program for myself too. It's, uh, uh, let me see. I forget the name of it, but it's, it's this virtual, oh, virtuoso. And it is a, 
DAW design for your headset. And it, it is actually quite interesting. It's fascinating. I was actually tinkering with it a little bit. I haven't really touched too much on it yet because it's really in-depth and it's very, um, there's a lot to kind of take in. But they give you this whole new avenue of thinking about how you actually do music, but in a virtual reality space. So they have like these virtual drums you can pull out of these templates you can place them anywhere in your 3D environment and you can hit them with these sticks and it's actually really responsive. So the responsiveness on this is like none, I mean, it's comparable to nothing else. It's really smooth and very clean and everything like that. But uh, at the same time, it's it's really incorporating a lot of the, uh, the virtual reality state of like, how do you do music in that kind of environment? Uh, and it's it's really actually it's very uh, intuitive. It's very interesting. Um, I just messed around with it for like about an hour, but I do find myself checking it out more and getting more used to it later on down the road when I have more time and maybe even making a jam in there because I from what I know and I'm hoping they do this and I'm not quite sure where they're going to go with it, but I'm hoping you can actually do things together with other people that would make it way more interesting, especially since that, you know, everything on the metaverse is going to be, you know, I, how do you say multiplayer? It's not really multiplayer. It's just multi-platform, you know, more people and you can involve people and all that. And uh, if this has the, the capabilities of doing that, I would really think that would be a cool thing where you can actually play the drums and then your friend could play like a synthesizer or you can play. There's all these different instruments, you know, there's this synthesizer, but it's a three dimensional cube and you put your hand in it. And then wherever you move your hand is where the pitch is going to change. And then you can hit the keys with your triggers and then it gets real crazy. So I find it very fascinating. I find it really interesting to see what they're going to do with that. Of course, it's nothing comparable to a real DAW. You know, this is still kind of like on the works. It's kind of in the, I don't know, experimental stages and whatnot. Uh, but it just, it seems like a really cool idea, especially if we can incorporate some cool stuff where, like I said, it can then be in the metaverse and then you can actually play like a whole concert with some people or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Because I've seen things on the internet where they try to replicate that but it's not really the real thing. It's not exactly what you're thinking, you know, especially if you're going into something in the metaverse. And yeah, you can pick something up, you can move things around, but it's not realistic enough. So uh, this thing kind of takes it to a level that it's a program designed specifically for making music. So I find it very cool. It's called Virtuoso. And it's like 19 bucks, I think. And I think it's, for the money, it's kind of cool, you know, to check it out and just see what it's all about. Um, and, you know, the more that it gets, you know, more people interested in this whole thing, it'll get better and better. So that is one of the cool things, I think. So that is a really neat program. Uh, Vermilion is another one. It's a painting program. If this is anything that I'm talking about, I guess I'm doing like VR reviews in podcast format, but... <laughs> It's just something that I've been really digging lately. I've been really digging virtual reality. I've been digging all the stuff that it's, you know, that it can potentially, you know, it, it could get there. It can get to the point where it gets really, really good. And I think that they're probably about at this point where since, you know, they can put it all in one headset, you don't need a huge elaborate setup to, do, to you know, to do it no more. Uh, they're getting there. They're getting to the point where now they can track everything with these little cameras on the front of the, um, on the, I don't know, the headset and all that. Uh, it tracks all your movements with your hands. It's flush. It feels good. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do with it so far. A lot of games, uh, well, maybe not like a crazy amount of games. When I first got it, there weren't like a huge library of games you could really get for the quest. But if you, like I said, there's a lot of projects people are working on, and those are like projects outside of the quest, which you would need to link it to a computer. And once you do that, you get what they call side quest, or you can actually just use Oculus Link, and then you can run programs directly off your computer. And if they run in VR, it'll automatically pop up in your headset. Uh, there's Steam VR. Steam VR has a huge library of stuff stuff that I haven't even really tried. Uh, I tried a couple things on there and so far that's a bit overwhelming for me. Uh, but they have like their own universe in there too somewhere. But it's all interesting. It's all very cool. And I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. And I might even do a lot of talks on that because that's something that I feel like I'm interested in, you know, doing and doing more involving VR and stuff like that. And uh, just touching the surface right now, though, 
really, to be honest with you. I've only had this thing since like, oh, geez, I don't know, since like the holidays. And I think a lot of people picked it up during that time. And uh, it just seems like ever since I kind of got it, I can't stop thinking about what I could potentially do with it. So, and yes, we have a project. There's a cryptocurrency project. I like to maybe squeeze that in right about now. It's called the upcoin.world project, and it's a cryptocurrency project. If you guys listen to the show, I'm sure you've heard about it. Uh, you know, there might be some cool avenues to look down the road and involving cryptocurrency in the you know in the metaverse and stuff like that. That might be kind of cool too. Um, even though I have a lot of thoughts on crypto, and there's going to be a lot of crypto talk on this uh, podcast as well. I know I do. I talk about it, but there'll be even more in-depth talks. Uh, some maybe that people might not like, and some people might agree with. So again, this is opinion-based show. It's all 100% my opinion, and take it with a grain of salt. But if you if you agree, you agree. If you disagree, well, then yeah, just disagree. But that's the great thing about podcasting is that it's my thoughts. And if you like it, you keep listening. If you don't, just turn it off. And then you can go about your day, whatever you're doing. I don't know. Whatever you're doing, getting groceries or going to the Burger King. Who knows? Whatever you were doing, you can go do after. But since you're here and you're listening to the podcast and you're still listening, hopefully you are, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it. That's going to be the season two material. It's going to be a lot of stuff involving metaverse. It's going to be even more Fortnite stuff, man. I've been uh, really, I've been actually playing Fortnite in a different way now. I, <laughs> I was never like a huge fan of the game when it first came out. I, I really despise the fact that people can build stuff and it gets really complicated. And, you know, yeah, I mean, depending on how good you are at building stuff and the guy gets, you know, you can exhaust the other player until you can get them. Uh, that seems like some sort of tactic you can use in the game. And that's totally cool. They built that whole idea into it or people took it to that way or I don't know, something like that. Uh, but I just like it for the game itself. Uh, the idea of like a battle royale game, you know, and I'm not really too huge on battle royale games. I do like to play Call of Duty every now and then. I do find that it gets boring after a while, though. I have, <laughs> I've been actually looking into like how people make video games lately, and I'm starting to kind of pick up this like weird vibe that I see that like most games are just events and triggers and things that you know change events in the game. And so, what really makes a game anyway? What really actually makes a three dimensional game or a two-dimensional game uh, and it's basically like you know being able to write a code on top of like some sort of 3d or 2d world of yours if you can choose to design it whichever way you choose to do so which can be difficult though I don't don't get me wrong uh, I actually been working on some stuff myself uh, in unity and in blender and I do have a very very deep gratification or how do you say I really appreciate how people use those technologies to build things it's really fascinating I find it really interesting how you can actually model something in blender and it uh, actually resembles something really neat or you can change things to make the objects appear more shiny or you can make it more metallic metallic or more basic or whatever you call it roughness you can adjust the roughness uh, there's a whole language out there when it comes to like building stuff on like blender and stuff like that so much technicality stuff that i've actually been looking into some of it and i even uh i created like my own like little nfts and stuff for our for our project based off of a blender model of an upcoin uh and yeah it's it's interesting i find it uh you know it's kind of cool it's cool uh, there's a lot to learn though. There's a whole lot to learn. There's so much you can do with it. It's all up to the imagination of your mind. Uh, and that's really where it relies on the imagination part. And yeah, it's really, there's no limits except for what you're limited to. But uh, I have been working in Unity, doing some cool VR chat stuff, uh, trying to model like, you know, actual places like a, a house, for instance. Uh, I've been working on trying to place uh, objects, uh, learning what prefabs are because people use a lot of those when they actually want to build something very fast. Uh, they can find prefabricated materials from other people that have made things on the Internet. And so if you're really good at making more detailed like objects or 3D things, you, you, you can download these things called prefabs. Of course, there's money involved if you want to get good ones, but there's free ones out there you can mess around with. Maybe you can look at them and design your own things based off of it. But uh, there is just a whole world of like, how do you say, just 
building things in like you know a, a, a video game system like unity uh and just realizing the power that it has it is fascinating but also kind of like breaking down what games really are though i do notice that every time that i venture into something like that or i venture into something such as like building something of my own whether it's involving technology and stuff i do kind of like pick it apart though i start to find all the weird things in it that make it like well okay now i'm starting to see how games are made you know so i kind of don't find that interest like i used to about it because the secrets are given away you know you kind of start learning all the secrets to it and what they're really just what the game really is you know and like i said it's 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 so I'm not a professional, but I'm just saying from what I've learned is that once you design something, then you have to script it. And the scripts are built off of like C++ and basic and things like that. And then you're just triggering events to happen within the video game. And so basically, if you think about it, just, you know, think about every game you've ever played in your life. What's the objective to pretty much every game that's out there? It's collecting stuff or triggering events that then bring on new events and then unlocking things and whatnot. So it's all just basically scripted events that just happen within a game. You collect things and things unlock and yada, yada, yada. It's a whole thing. So, uh, but real basic though, in a sense, if you really break it down to those, uh, you know, real basic levels, uh, but then you add things like physics and stuff, which then maybe then you have a game that's more interesting because you build in some sort of physical element to it that has some sort of, you know, boundaries that are more resembled like our real world, uh, real world, uh, I can't talk. But you build like real world applications within like, you know, a program or a video game or something like that. Then that's when it starts getting really interesting because a game, in a way, you know, I look at video games as the ones that are more fun, in my opinion, are the more competitive type ones that actually take a little bit of skill in order to actually play the game or in order to actually win the game or whatnot. So it's more of a sport type esque type thing that I'm I guess more into and I found that out about myself not too long ago actually within the past couple of years that I'm not really much of a story based kind of game guy I'm more of like a competitive I like the competitive stuff I like to actually jump in something and see if I can be better than the other guy because ultimately that makes a bigger challenge for me than just learning a story about something that's you know totally fictional and has nothing to do with reality so I then kind of start thinking those kind of games are more of a waste of my time you know learning about things that are just more fantasy based and things like that it just doesn't make sense to learn things like that from my end of things but if i play a game that's you know something like you know call of duty in a sense like i didn't see that there's this competitive a aspect to it uh, that makes it more interesting to me and then there's more of a skill set even though that a lot of it is just based off repetition, if you can just repeat something perfectly every single time, such as accuracy with the mouse and things like that, movements and things, uh, you can pretty much manage beating anybody if you just get the particular skill set. Uh, and that's where I kind of see that Fortnite has a different edge because, or open royal battle, <laughs> battle royale type games uh, come in place because now you're dealing with a lot more interactions that are more random, you know, the less interactions with certain repetition and things like that. Anything could happen type situation with those kind of games. I find that it's very interesting that you then have that aspect to it. And that's what makes it even more of a challenge or even more of like this thing that just, it just boggles my mind sometimes how it works, but it's really interesting. I find it very interesting that that's actually something that then shapes the game in a totally different way. And so I really, I, I enjoy games like that, I think, you know, rather than just like playing something like, I mean, I don't even really remember the last time I played a story-based game. Uh, I mean, okay, let me think. Nintendo. <laughs> That's where it was. Yeah. And Nintendo, like I dig it. It's cool and everything, but I've been really losing my Nintendo cool for a little while lately because I just don't find anything really that fascinating about Nintendo anymore. Uh, but Nintendo was the last story-based game I played. I think it was called the Octopath Traveler, and it was like this RPG game. And I, every now and then, you know, when I was younger, I used to play an RPG or two. I was never huge into it, but I thought they were kind of cool every now and then. Uh, the one I was really into was Super Mario RPG, and I really liked that game. And the Octopath Traveler kind of has a similar feel to it, except it's just different characters, and it's kind of got like this, you know, 8-bit slash 16-bit 
three-dimensional aspect to it, which is kind of cool. And I thought it was kind of charming at first, but then I realized that it's very repetitive and it's the same thing over and over again. Uh, and then it's just a numbers game. So if you know how to roll the dice the right way and you know how to get the numbers up, then you're always going to win and no matter what. You know, it depends where you go. If you're challenging something that's a higher level, you have to then work your way up. So it's just, it's real basic stuff. It's uh, the math maybe is not so basic, but it's just the, you know, building up something that honestly is just a big waste of time though. <laughs> I just find that to me, it just seems like a big waste of time to be something, to be really good at that, you know, pushing a to, you know, fight the character and defending and then using a magic. I don't know. It's just something that I just I find amusing for a minute or two or maybe a few hours or so and then I start to get kind of bored. But then I come back and I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then I start playing again. I'm like, okay, this is pointless. And so, yeah, I, I'm I'm not too into games like that. You know, I end up, you know, <laughs> I end up going to the, uh, the GameStop and trading those games. Uh, and that's something that I really like to not go and do because what's the point of having to go waste my time doing those kind of things? Uh, you know, especially when those games are very expensive too. Uh, that's another reason why I don't play too much Nintendo these days is because their games are just way too overpriced and they never go on sale. They very, very rarely ever do. So I've been really digging this MetaQuest thing. I think the games are priced just right. In fact, it's going to take a lot of time before they can really draw in a huge player base for a lot of these games. A lot of these games are kind of difficult to play. They're very involving in like, you know, the way that things move around and stuff in your headset. Uh, it can also make you dizzy and stuff like that. Depends on what kind of game you're playing. If it's a more of a game where you sit in one spot and you're kind of moving things around with your hands and stuff, then it's a different story. But, um, besides that, if it's something more involved, things are moving around really fast or something's happening like an FPS game or something like that, then it's a different story. It could actually cause a little bit of nausea, uh, you know. But try this. Try Oh, this is actually kind of interesting. Try this sometime. Uh, if you have a MetaQuest, if you have a game that you can actually move around in, like uh, an FPS game or something like that, uh, there's one that's free. I forget what it's called. Oh, Gun Raiders. Go into this game or something like that, or any game, for instance, that you can actually jump off things and then jump off something and then feel... <laughs> Feel that actual first rush that you get when you jump off of something in VR. That's fun. Oh my gosh. It's not, but it, it's fun. I say it that way because it gives you this feeling that you're falling and it's quite funny actually. So I, I find it kind of funny that it actually gives you that impression. So it's very impressionable. This thing really puts you in a different world. <laughs> especially when you block out the one you're in right now. And so you're only seeing this through the two lenses. And so you basically feel like you're falling off something for like a minute or not even a minute, like a second, you know what I'm saying? And then, um, yeah, just try that. It's, it's kind of a fun thing to try because, uh, let me know your reaction is, you know, let me know what happens when you do that because, uh, maybe other people don't get it as much. Maybe some people don't get it like I do because I know I've been playing games for a long time and stuff. And there were games even back in the early, not even early, like late nineties, uh, early two thousands. Like I used to play like half life and stuff like that when it first came out. Uh, and there were levels where I played and I started getting kind of like this tunnel vision. I started getting dizzy and things like that. And uh, that was surprising for me because I was always really good with video games and things moving and things like that. But I did for like the, like the shortest period of time. I used to get kind of like the sickness from it. And that was usually from the older games, though. Not the newer ones necessarily. Then Half-Life 2 came out and it was just like I could just play that all day and all night or whatever the case is. It was fantastic. I could just play that game constantly. Constantly, and I never had any issues with it. But now with VR, it's something I have to get used to, I guess, again. Maybe my age has something to do with it. I don't know. I'm not that old, though. This kid called me a boomer. I can't believe it. It's so funny. So... <laughs> I was in VR chat. I guess I'll go into it. And you can talk to all these different people that are in VR chat. It's just kind of interesting. I Maybe that's also kind of a waste of time, though, too, talking to people that are just random people on the Internet. But sometimes you can find, you know, very interesting conversations. In fact, if you find a good one and you happen to be a witness of something really interesting people are talking about, I find that to be almost like gold in the metaverse. Uh, that's actually really fascinating, too. In fact, it would be kind of cool to maybe go out and do like some, you know, I don't know maybe 
some live streams or something like that and just see what kind of fascinating things or fascinating people you can find out there. And I did find this one kid. He was very odd. Uh, but at the same time, I found him charming. He was kind of cool. And he was talking about like just his life and everything and that he had like, you know, uh, he was on the spectrum. He had autism and things like that. But he, he was talking about how he was like very, like very smart and he was like the smartest kid in his class and stuff. And the thing is, is that even if, you know, this kid has a moment to talk with someone on the internet that actually sits and listens or something like that, uh, you know, maybe that'll, uh, you know, give him some sort of uh, positive input into what he's doing, even in the metaverse as well. So maybe that's why people are actually brought or not brought into it, but uh, are kind of attracted to that idea of being in the metaverse because maybe somebody just wants somebody to talk to or something like that. So, uh, but he was very talkative. He didn't stop talking the whole time. And uh, I thought it was fascinating, but I didn't get too deep with them because it's, you know, again, like I don't like to go on there and just talk to random people. But at the same time, I just didn't want to be rude or anything. So I just let him go. <laughs> and he called me a boomer because I kept asking questions I'm like, what is this? What are you talking about? Like, well, what do you what do you mean by this? What do you mean by that? Like, I don't know a lot of this stuff. I'm still kind of learning it. And I guess I'm behind. I'm just not up to date with it. So I find it fascinating that all these kids know all this stuff and I just, I'm still kind of like grasping onto what the idea of all this really is and why it all becomes so popular amongst, you know, younger people and all this. So I, that's what fascinates me about all this ideas and technology and metaverse and stuff like that, because I do think it's going to be the next big thing, uh, especially with, uh, you know, uh, teenagers and people that are young that are going to fall into this whole thing with the metaverse. They're just going to be doing hangouts in VR and they're going to hang out with their friends in VR. Maybe not so much in real life so much, maybe, uh, but they're going to be able to do anything that they want to do at any moment at any time. And that's basically what the Internet and the metaverse is bringing us is the ability to do all these things at any time, at any moment. You want to just jump in, you know, so and that's what's fascinating about it. But, uh, you know. Yeah, you got to kind of limit yourself when it comes to things like that, though, because it can become overwhelming. I know it's something that becomes almost on the borderline of obsession in a sense, uh, because I, I want to figure it out. You know, I want to figure all these things out. And, uh, you know, I've been digging into like building things in VR or building things in Unity and how to build games and things like that. Uh, I find it very fascinating, uh, although I just don't have all the time in the world to do it. Uh, it would be interesting to learn some basic scripting, how to actually make a door open or something like that in, the, in you know, <laughs> in VR or something like that. Um, I know that a lot of the stuff that's been implicated, such as physics and things like that, that's actually built into like their own engine. So that's kind of already there. But um it's still fascinating, though. It's still fascinating to kind of learn about it. I know that they actually unleashed, or not unleashed, but released this, uh, what is it, Unreal Engine. It's the new one. I guess it's five, I think. And this thing is quite impressive, too, because they have a lot of really cool stuff you can do with the physics. And so everything that's built into it is kind of already done for you. You know, all the different things that are set up in the environment for you to make a quick game. But um, on the other end, you know, it's also very kind of like, well, what do you do with it? You know, it's kind of the one of those things where you try to think like, okay, video game, make one. How? You know, right. Uh, again, it comes up to your imagination, what you can think of and what's going to be your idea. Right. You want a third person kind of like ex exploration game or do you want a first person shooter type game or do you want to do this and that? Or do you want to make something more or less complex? Uh, but the physics are really cool, though. I mean, I do think that Unreal has some cool physics and stuff. And a lot of the games that are built off of it are fantastic. Uh, it's just a lot of the unknown stuff, though. That just is very kind of like one of those things you just kind of start to ponder about. And I did the same thing with audio engineering stuff, too. And when I first got into this, I was actually doing a lot of stuff in FL Studio. Actually, not. I got FL Studios a little bit later uh, because I did use it before when I was younger, but I did use things like Ableton for a while and I was just like trying to relearn it all and trying to use the machine and learning that and putting together music, uh, you know, in an analog situation. So that way I can use hardware, you know, stuff and whatnot, not realizing that I knew a whole lot about FL Studios in the, in the first place. And then I started going back to FL Studios and I realized that, okay, this is, it makes a lot more sense to me because I know how to, I know how to build things in the architect, you know, the world of FL Studios. It's just built in a way that I understand it. And so uh, relearning all that and relearning all these things again, uh, not really relearning it, but just getting back to it and just uh, 
really seeing the power and the utility with it that you can use it for. And I like to use it for music. I like to use it for podcasting. I like to use it for all kinds of stuff. And so I understand it. I don't have a hard time necessarily actually getting into it, except for the creative stuff. Sometimes I do. And that's really where the creative part of it comes into play. And you don't really need to script anything when you're dealing with audio. It's more of MIDI scripting, maybe if you want to call it scripting in any way. It's more of making notes in a piano roll or making notes on a keyboard or something like that and then you record that MIDI note and then you can implicate it into an audio recording with the instrument of your choice. So it just becomes like this whole elaborate thing that I started thinking really, really deep about trying to analyze how every little thing works and so then you start having dreams about it which is very funny because uh, the one thing they say about the metaverse or about the you know VR headsets and stuff is that there's like this phenomena that goes around. And everybody will mention it to you if you actually have uh, not been in VR or if you plan on getting a VR headset. It's one of these things they call the, uh, the, the VR phenomena, which is you're going to start dreaming about VR your first few days that you actually own one because once you jump into it and you start getting involved in it, you, your brain starts to figure out how all this is working. And then you start having dreams about it. In fact, I had dreams for about three or four days after I got the headset and and I was like, oh my God, this is too much. I started getting all these different things going through my head. I started questioning reality and I was just like, where am I going with this? Like, it seems like it's unlocking more, more baggage for me to figure out. Ah, but you know, the more you start to figure it out and the more you kind of like think about it, then it kind of like becomes a habit and then you figure it out and then maybe not hundred percent, but you kind of get the idea and then you stop thinking about it so hard (laughs) or maybe it's a complete opposite. Maybe you become totally obsessed with it. I know there's people on there that completely all they do all day long is just hang out in VR chat. There's actually communities that all they do is they just sit in there. I've even seen people that are actually sleeping uh, I asked this one guy, I was like, this guy sounds like he's snoring. What's going on? And the guy was like literally snoring. I was like, is he just playing with us or what's the case? And he says, no, no, no. It's pretty common for people to sleep in VR. I was like, who's going to go to sleep with a VR headset? You're going to go to your bed and take a nap with your headset on. And it's not so much that I started realizing that the more and more I use a headset, I started yawning a lot. I started getting like, oh, I'm kind of like tired, you know? And it, it kept happening over and over and over, you know, over and over again. I didn't really think about it, but I was just like, I, I'm kind of like getting progressively tired the more and more I wear this thing. It's almost like it's wearing me out or something. And then I started realizing that that's probably one of the reasons why people fall asleep in VR is because they're probably just like, it drains you after a while. It's like <laughs> once a battery starts going low on your headset, you start getting low yourself. And so basically some people, they probably just like sit there in their comfy chair and they just pass out so uh yeah because they're just in it all the time i guess i don't know and the way you do that though is that there's a couple of different ways you can be in vr that long is if you have a extended battery which you can buy the headsets with an extended battery on it you can actually be in there for a few hours compared to just one hour or less uh with the regular headset uh, without the battery or if you choose to do so, there's a USB on the side of it and make sure it's a USB-C because if you use a USB-C to like the A and the original one, uh, you might not get the results you want uh, because they say that it requires a high speed USB-C cable. And that's usually what you use to, in order to, you know, use the high definition rendering that comes out of it back to your headset from your computer and all that. It's kind of streaming it in a weird way. It's almost like having an HDMI cable, but it's just in a USB. Uh, but you can do that and it'll just charge your headset the whole time. And that's, that's usually what I do because I don't like to, you know, charge things and wait and things like that. If I'm going to go do it, I'll go do it and I'll plug it in and I'll just, you know, I'll have some fun chilling VR for a little while, see what's up. Uh, you know, maybe see if people are doing something interesting, you know, maybe I get some inspiration for something, some sort of idea. I kind of use it mostly for like inspiration, maybe get some ideas and things. Maybe I'll write something down about it or I'll come up with a, you know, a story that I had in VR one day. Maybe uh, I'll do some like podcasts where I talk about stories in VR, (laughs) where I'll talk about something that happened or maybe something that was weird. And a lot of the times, you know, it's just, I'll just be honest with you. A lot of the stuff that goes on in VR is kind of nonsense. You know, that's kind of what's happening there. It's mostly nonsense and mostly a lot of annoying kids and things like that. But uh, for the most part of it, if you can actually find some place that's, you know, 
relatively interesting and you know there's some interesting people there you might be able to unmask some cool things uh maybe get to find out what uh you know kind of things other people are into and whatnot but yeah it's it's kind of one of those things where you just don't know if you're gonna strike out or if you're gonna hit gold <laughs> so it's just one of those things right and I kind of feel like that. That's kind of with everything that I do. Uh, you know, if it's something that I'm playing a game or I'm trying to get like this, uh, uh, you know, some sort of fun out of something, you know, I'm always looking for the funnest possible avenue or looking for the thing that's going to make me like, you know, you know, feel like I've accomplished something. Uh, and most games don't do that, but some, some might kind of get something out of, depends. But yeah, I'd probably say that this is probably one of the more interesting games you can play. It's one of the games that don't have, it doesn't have any goal to it. It doesn't have any end goal. There's no real reason to play it. It's only based off of like this social aspect. And that's what's basically the fun part about it. And it's the only fun part about it because yeah, you can build stuff in VR chat. You can actually build games and things. I've actually seen some games in there. There's like a prop hunt. Like, you know, if you ever played prop hunt, there's this thing where you you know, you're disguised, disguised as like a lamp or something like that. And you're in a house and they have to find this one lamp. That's you, you're the lamp. And then they shoot all these objects. You're trying to shoot every object. And it's kind of a point in this game too, but you can build them, you know, those games can be built and they, they run kind of weird in VR chat because it's not really the engine you'd ideally want to be doing it with but uh you know unless you built your own game that's a prop hunt 100% prop hunt game you could I mean VR but uh you know people build it and that's kind of like it's cool I wouldn't say it's the best thing to do or the best waste of time you could possibly have but the social part of it is kind of what it's aiming for and that's what makes it fun and that's what's going to make a lot of this stuff in the metaverse is it's going to be mostly social interaction stuff it's not going to be so much you typing on a keyboard and playing a game or a game of chance or a game of skill or anything like that is going to be more of a social experience and it's going to be more of those kind of type things you know that make the game into whatever you want to make it and i'll even say it too like the first original metaverse i'd like to think would be like minecraft because minecraft kind of put that in a perspective that became you building things with people and then incorporating that into a social environment you have a crazy awesome game and that's like a metaverse in a sense uh, i always pointed out is thinking that minecraft kind of did it at the beginning and yeah there's games that have done it before way before them but you know there's more things that you would be involved in such as shooting somebody or something like that but uh, Minecraft had this chill vibe about it. You can just build things with people and you can, uh, you know, join up in a voice chat or something like that or, you know, be uh, collaborative with each other and build things together and stuff like that. And that's what made Minecraft super, super fun. And now with the ability with just having these 24-hour servers and stuff that are up, you can then build things and come back and then it's still there. And it's like a whole world, you know. And so I consider like Minecraft to be like one of the first metaverses, maybe not the original, but one of the first metaverses uh, that did it from the beginning. And I find that it's very fascinating that now we have more metaverses and more more programs and more games that we can throw a stick at and so now there's all this other stuff that's going to be you know you have to kind of figure it out you have to figure out what the whole idea of it is and then you decide what to do with it and so that's what makes it really interesting it's also makes it a great uh, exploration thing too because you can explore all kinds of things things that don't make any sense really you know, it could just be somebody's art that's built into the game or it could be somebody, somebody's opinion that are telling you about their day or whatever the case is. And so it'll be interesting, though, to see if they even do something like maybe like like a metaverse podcasting. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, I would find that would be a little bit uh, a little bit nerve wracking, though, at the same time. And, I, you know, that's kind of like what YouTube is, in a sense. People go on there and they, they YouTube and then they uh, they make videos and stuff. And then people could watch it live. You could stream it live. But if they had like, uh, which some people do already, and they actually have people doing this stuff. They actually have like shows and stuff you can go see in VR. I even saw something where there's a, a comedy club or something. And um, no, no one was there at the time, but they actually had like a comedy club. 
and some people could get on stage and they can actually do like stand up comedy. I don't know how funny it would be, but because you're kind of like just the avatar and that person's an avatar. And yeah, I don't know. I guess what they would have to say is very funny. You can't really see the ex- expressions and things like that that they're doing on stage. But the fact is, is that now you do have the ability to do things that are similar to that and you can maybe recreate something uh, in that sense of being in the metaverse. So I think that's actually pretty cool. I mean, who knows? Maybe there'll be a life in space metaverse room. People can come hang out and listen to podcasts or whatever the case is. (laughs) I don't know how, how easy it would be to have to throw on your headset though just to listen to a podcast or if you're really that involved I mean maybe I'm sure people would though I mean okay think about it this way if Joe Rogan had his own metaverse and it was like him doing his live show and you're like a character and you're sitting in his audience and stuff I'm pretty sure they could figure out how to make that work Uh, you know especially since he's like the highest paid podcaster in like the history of podcasting so if they ever you know implicated that or had like a Joe Rogan studio in the metaverse that'd be pretty funny you know I could see that I could see that actually happening so uh, that's stuff that's potentially on the horizon you know they're doing it Uh, and I know the big old bad Facebook word I don't want to say it but that's what they're kind of doing and that's what they're aiming at and their horizon worlds is what they're doing it with right now and they have this thing called horizon what is it uh it's not events or something like that. It's like venues, oh, horizon venues and horizon worlds. It's like this whole thing with horizons. And actually it uses your um, meta quest, um, what do you call it? avatar that you create. And you actually get to use this particular avatar in anything that's labeled horizon. So uh, if you play any of that stuff with horizon in the title, it's, it's basically built off of like Facebook's idea what the metaverse should be, which by the way, I was messing with it. Like, I think even yesterday I was messing with it and some of it is kind of cool but at the same time I see that there is really not a lot to it still um especially with a lot of the stuff that's there it's very bleak it's very dry it's very basic um maybe that's good though because we'll get some interesting things out of it people will have to develop it I know they're actually doing some competitions but they get to keep your ideas and all your work that you do but there's they're doing like giveaways for like twenty thousand dollars you can build something there and if you win you get that money and then it gets featured and all this stuff uh it's very difficult though I mean even just to come up with that, like an idea, like you can actually build it in the VR. So you can actually build buildings and like shapes and objects and things like that. And then you can import like three dimensional things as well, but it's all done within this horizons thing. And, um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's all still over my head, but, uh, you know, I'm just kind of wondering where it's going to go and how well it's going to actually be, because there's some of my, some programs out there that are like, they're, they're beyond what they're doing. You know, I mean, even VR chat has more interactions with their stuff, but, uh, there's even this one called rec room, which is pretty cool. The rec room is pretty neat. You can actually be a part of this whole world of like recreational things that you can do. And I guess that's the whole point of it is like, you know, it's basketball, it's paintball. It's like you're playing these games that people have made, uh, that are scripted with like, you know, real physics and things like that. You can pick up swords and battle like these little like, I don't know, these goblins and stuff together. It's really funny. But they all have their edge and they all have their ideas. And it'll just be, it'll be time before anything really tells exactly who's going to be the winner in all this, if there's any real winner, I guess. But um, it's all fascinating, though. I find it so fascinating. I find it uh, interesting because I've always been that kind of person that found video games quite interesting. And now I'm starting to kind of get bored of them. And so the social audio experience now, which is what they're calling it now, this generation or this revolution of maybe technology in the sense of where we're heading is going to be more of like a social audio experience type thing, or maybe even more involved in like what are three dimensional avatars and being this fictional character necessarily or not necessarily, I don't know, just uh, these ideas. And they're all ideas right now, so we don't really know where it's going to exactly go. Uh, But I would say that it's definitely catching the attention of a lot of people. Um, I think more and more people are buying these headsets because I start seeing more and more advertising for it. I've been seeing a lot of uh, 
uh, I don't know, just stuff talking about it lately too. A lot of people are starting to YouTube channels and stuff like that on VR as well. And that's been going on for a few years. I know people have been doing like their own VR channels and stuff. It might not have been as popular a few years back, but now it's becoming this thing. People have all these personalities now in VR and they're doing their shows and stuff. And so, yeah, they have like the best of both worlds. They're like in real, real life and then they have their, you know, virtual life. And so it's going to be so confusing, man, all this stuff. And especially with kids growing up these days. Oh, my gosh. There's just so much so much more to do today than there ever was at any other point in history. So uh, kids have so many things to dabble into. It's insane. I mean, back in my time, I mean, it was it was cool growing up with, you know, Nintendo and everything. But this is like levels above Nintendo. And it it. it interacts you with a lot of different you know variables and stuff and it's just more interactive and more involving and more there's just more more i don't know how to say but there's just so much more these days and that's what's kind of like i like to get down to the nitty-gritty and the bottom of all this stuff too because i'll eventually have something to say about it i'll eventually pick it apart and i'll do my hard-hitting podcast like i normally do with a i did fortnite i did a whole article on it I wrote a whole article about how Fortnite was maybe a bad thing, you know, but at the same time, I found it very entertaining, too, because I still play the game. It's too funny. I'm saying all these things, but I'm still being a part of it. But at the same time, I do realize what they're all trying to do. And a lot of it comes down to exposure to like, you know, trying to advertise things to you and all that. And especially a lot of the free stuff. So that's really where it comes down to is anybody doing a lot of the free stuff. And there's a lot of good free stuff. Don't get me wrong. Uh, a lot of cool free stuff, uh, but it depends what they're really utilizing it for. So it depends what they're going to really do with it and if it's really going to wow us or if it's just going to be another disappointment like a lot of this stuff is. But that, that those are just some of the ideas and some of the stuff that I have on my mind that I got out today for the season, season two. Number two, it's the second coming of life in space. So that's what I like to call it. You know, it's going to be the next version of our life in space 2.0. That's even better. Life in space 2.0. Season two would be life in space 2.0. 2.0 Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Maybe it's life in space 2.0. <laughs> but what is life in space? One man actually asked me this question. He's like, hey, what is life in space? And that man was the Daniel Daily Show guy from the Wisdom app. And I just want to say that... Uh, he asked that question, and it made me think even more about what is life in space. I'm like, what is life in space? Now I'm thinking about it again for the second version two or season two. And I actually had the first episode I ever did of Life in Space. I asked, what is it? <laughs> what is life in space? So something tells me he, he listened to the very first episode of Life in Space because uh, <laughs> that's what I said at the very beginning of my whole thing when I started it is what is life in space? Oh, I'll explain it to you in 13 minutes. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. But Really, we don't know what it's going to be. It's it's all a big surprise for me, right? Uh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about when I come on here. In fact, a lot of times when I come on here, I'm just, I got nothing. I got really nothing. I just come up here and I got nothing. And then I just start talking and then it turns into something. So it's like me talking to myself. It's like my own thoughts in my own head echoing back echoing, and forth, echoing, forth, forth, you know, just forth, my, thoughts, my thoughts. I mean, everything that's like, hey, 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 how are you today? How are you today? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm all right. I guess I'm all right. <laughs> but that's like you know that's life in space right that's my whole thing that's what i like about this whole thing is that it's unpredictable it's uh uncanny it's just it's it's off the wall it's off the charts it's uh, my thoughts and my ideas my opinions not yours don't forget it's not your opinion it's my opinion i go down with my opinion and i stick with it so uh there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming out for you crypto talks video game talks metaverse talks probably a lot of vr metaverse talks something like that we'll see fortnite talks i want to do some more episodes on fortnite for sure uh that's one thing i just uh i always come back to it's like talking about fortnite and stuff i don't know why i just i come back to it and plus not only that 
like Fortnite, it's always like my best uh, views that I get on my shows. Like I get the more, I get more views when I talk about Fortnite. So I kind of like that. It's kind of cool. I get more exposure when I talk about Fortnite. So who knows? We'll do some more Fortnite stuff too. So, but yeah, I just want to thank everybody for showing up. If you made it this far, if you made it this far along in the show, I don't know what to say. I think that you did pretty good then. Uh, I'd probably give you an award, but to be honest with you, I don't have nothing to give. But maybe if you check out upcoin.world, that might be something to check out. Yeah, you know, good idea. Go to upcoin.world and there's some things out there you can check out that's about our cryptocurrency. It's going to be some cool stuff that hopefully we're doing later on down the road that's going to get really, really cool. Uh, I know that there's uh, some things going on uh, that are kind of slow right now in the markets, but who cares? You know, let's hold on to the future. Let's hold on to what really matters. And that is the future. And the future is bright, I think. So the future is going to be interesting. The future is going to be cool. I think that uh, Life in Space 2.0 or version 2 or season 2, whatever you call it, is going to be really cool. So stay tuned and enjoy yourself. Enjoy the space. Enjoy whatever makes you do whatever it is that you make you do. And I make me see, I don't know, uh, my thoughts are getting all contorted. Uh, but I like to throw on some, you know, a little bit of reverb. Actually, let's tone it down just a little little bit just just a little bit less a little bit of delay though back up to the high on the next episode of life in 